Hello, I'm Dr. Edison O. Jackson, uh, president of Medgar Evers College of the City University of New York. Uh, during this year, the college has been celebrating its 30th year anniversary. And during this period of time, we are celebrating the achievements of our students and uh, this institution. Uh, we have produced over 10,000 graduates, and we are impressed with their, their leadership and the role that they have played in our society. Medgaris has developed a television program that is produced and aired weekly. It shows what Medgar is all about. We are a great institution and provide uh, higher education opportunities for those who seek knowledge. For we believe that education is the vehicle that transforms individuals. On today's show, national talk show host, motivational speaker, best-selling author, and alumnus of Megar Evers College, Iyala Van Zandt. My prayer this morning was to be grateful for the seen and unseen blessings. Because sometimes we're being blessed and we don't even know it. My prayer this morning was to be peaceful enough not to complain about anything. Because we have a habit of complaining about stuff, you know. Things that we think aren't good. But when we look around and we evaluate our position, in light of the position of some other folks, we really don't have anything to complain about. My prayer this morning was for the courage to be kind even when I am functioning at high pissosity. <laughs> to be kind to people. To be able to say a kind word to people. To be able to look at someone and maybe give them a kind nod. My prayer this morning was not to whine when I don't get my way and to be patient when there's a long line and to just move through this day, this one day, in peace and thanksgiving and kindness. Because I know if I can give that to the world, that the world owes me that in return. And I believe that if each day, each one of us just says a silent prayer that our lives, our communities, and our world will ultimately be a much better place to live. Good morning. When I came to uh, Medgar Evers College in 1979, there were 75-watt light bulbs hanging from the ceiling in the prep building. We did not have an auditorium. This is a treat. <laughs> we did everything in the gym. And on a good day, the basket would go up. And on a bad day, it wouldn't. So you'd have to sit kind of to the side so you could see what was going on on the stage. When I came to Medgar Evers College in 1979, I was 30 years old. 
I had three children. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing here. I was on the bus coming from the welfare office after going through a face-to-face -face recertification. And my caseworker, talking to someone else, not to me, said, you welfare mothers make me sick. All of you should be put on your knees and shot like cows. I said, oh Lord, they shooting cows. <laughs> Let me get out of here. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And I got on the bus, and there was a sign on the Fulton Street bus that said, if you're ready for a change, come to Medgar Evers College. And I want you to know as students of this institution that you have a very special mission. I don't care what they're doing at Brooklyn College. And yes, they have that wonderful campus at BMCC. I think they finally got hostos some light bulbs. You know, we used to call this the backyard of City University because we were treated like we lived in the backyard. So for you to sit here today in this auditorium says that the work really does matter and that you must stand up for the things that do matter. And you must be grateful every step of the way. You students must be committed to excellence. You must be committed to excellence. We spent 73 days sleeping on the floor in the president's office so that you could have an auditorium. They know about that? They know we put the president out, right? I know you didn't tell them. Put the president out, took his office over, made it into a daycare center because he was not responsive to the needs of the students. Please honor this institution. Please honor those faculty members and staff members who are still here, still, that we are not, no longer, we're no longer in the backyard, but now we're grazing on the front lawn. I think it's wonderful. Also a pleasure and an honor to be here and see that some things haven't changed. I see the student body is still predominantly female. Y'all are a little younger. Weren't many of y'all young folk around when we were here. But the majority of the student population is still female. How many single mothers do we have? Yeah, stand up. Stand up. Give yourselves a hand. Now, I'm, in, I'm up with the time, so I know things have changed. How many single fathers do we have? All right. <laughs> I know that there are days when you don't want to get them kids up, when you don't want to get on that bus, when you don't want to come here. And on the days that you just feel that you can't do it, do it anyway. Do it anyway. I know that President Jackson and your faculty and probably most of your lecturers are, are very concerned about your academic accomplishments, about your economic accomplishments. I want to take a little detour from that today. And I want to talk to you and share with you some ideas about you. 
and about what it really is going to take for you to make this journey. This is no easy undertaking that you are participating in. It's not just about coming to school and getting a degree so you can go out and get a job. It's not about that. It cannot be about that, not for us anyway. A job is not going to save you. You know job, J-O-B? That means just over broke. <laughs> as long as you have a job, you will be just over broke. And because we at Medgar are committed to excellence, and because we turn out the kinds of students that make a difference in the world, what I want you to think about from this day forward is not about a job, but about a purpose. What is your purpose in life? Why were you born? Why are you on the planet at this time? Oh, things look bad and things look rough, but it is a blessing to be here at this time. With the technological advances, with the social advances, and even though it may not look like it, I'm not going to be fooled by appearances and say these, there are not political advances going on. But what is your purpose in life? What have you come here to do? Each and every one of us is born to fulfill a unique and a divine purpose. And you don't get it from a book. You're not going to learn it in a classroom. Your purpose gave birth to you. I know when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, it gets kind of confusing. And you're trying to find yourself and find your place and find where you're supposed to be until today. Know that your purpose is in you. The music is in you. I read once in the New England Journal of Medicine that they took uh, a, a biochemist, a, a biologist, took the notes of one of Beethoven's famous concertos. And he broke the score down into musical notes. And that those musical notes, when they were individualized, matched the genetic composition of the DNA of the average living human being. The music is in you. What we have to do is learn how to dance to our own tune. As people of color, we spend so much time dancing to the tune of other folks, doing what other folks tell us we need to be doing, going where other folks tell us we need to go. And we do that because we're not on purpose. What is your purpose? Are you here to heal? Are you here to teach? Are you here to share, to serve, to give? What is your purpose? When I speak to young people about purpose as opposed to job and the career, they say, well, how am I supposed to know what my purpose is? What are you good at doing? You see, your purpose is in you. Nobody can teach you, not even the educational process. See, our ancestors, the wise Africans, knew that the educational process is not about putting information into the being. 
It's about drawing out what's already in there. And therefore, they educated us to our environment. They educated us to nature. They educated us unto the nature of ourselves. Your purpose is in you. What is it that you are good at doing? What is it that you love to do that just makes you feel good? What is it that you could do every single day for the rest of your life, whether they paid you or not? See, many folk are in here trying to get degrees in areas that they don't even like, but that's because they can get a J-O-B in those areas. But now that we've been educated to the falsehood of jobs, maybe some folks need to change their concentration. What is your purpose? What is it that you could spend the rest of your life doing? And how can you do that thing in a way that will make your community, your world, a better place to be. And it doesn't have to be grand and great. You know, everybody can get their face on television for five minutes. It's not always about fame and fortune. It's about peace of mind. Do you want to be rich or do you want to be peaceful? That's the issue. What is your purpose? Particularly for us as women, because we have been told all the things we cannot do, we should not do. When I was 30 years old on welfare with three children, they told me I could not get a degree. Three and a half years later, summa cum laude, valedictorian, president of the student government, hello. <laughs> Years ago, they told us we couldn't be doctors, we couldn't be lawyers. Do you realize that 83 years ago, a woman could not own property because she was property? Right here in the United States of America, women belong to men. It was illegal for a woman to know how to read 83 years ago. My grandmother is 96. A blessing. You are blessed to be able to sit here. You don't have the luxury of a negative thought about yourself. And you don't have a moment to waste finding out what it is you're supposed to do. What is your purpose? Your purpose is in you. So many of us look outside of ourselves trying to find where we'll make the most money, where we'll get the most notoriety, the most fame, the most fortune and we let our purpose go. And many of us grow up in situations where we're not supported and encouraged in doing the one good thing that we are, can do in life. When I was growing up, you know people told me all my life, shut up, you talk too much. Shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up, you talk too much. And now people pay me lots of money just to hear me talk. It's not always gonna be laid out on the pillow before you. You've got to dig. You've got to search yourself. You've got to tell the truth to yourself about yourself. Young people always say, well, Missy Yamla, suppose I, I, I wanna be a drummer. Suppose that ain't what I'm supposed to do. Well, why isn't that what you're supposed to do? Well, maybe God wants me to do something else. Well, if you're a drummer, if that's your purpose, why would God want you operating a computer? God is happy when you are happy. And when you are happy, when you are on purpose, you're happy, you're at peace, 
You have a mission. You have focus. You have clarity. Be clear. Most of us go through life in a fog and in a haze, not because we don't have the intelligence or the desire, but because we're so busy doing stuff we don't want to do. We're so busy doing stuff that other people tell us to do. We're totally off purpose, and that makes you confused. But when you're on purpose, you're clear. You got a mission. You don't get sidetracked by all kind of stuff. See, when you ain't on purpose, everybody, any wind passing by can just take you right off the path. Because you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. So you go over here to see if it's there. You go over here to see if it's there. You're upstairs. You're downstairs. You find yourself surrounded by people who aren't doing anything. Clue number one, don't hang out with people who are where you don't want to be. You may stop by and visit them sometime, have lunch with them, but then I'm out of here. Don't hang out with people who are where you don't want to be, whether they are in that place mentally, because you know some people are good people, but they're just dead in the head. The brain is drying up, whining people complaining people, gossiping people, always got something to say about somebody else and nothing about themselves. Don't hang out with them people. Don't hang out with people who are where you don't want to be emotionally. You know, I had a girlfriend, she was always in bad relationships. And every time her relationship broke up, mine broke up. I said, I got to get away from you. You're bad on my love life. You know, guilt by association. Don't hang out with people who are always crying poverty and lack. Poverty and lack. I'm broke. I ain't got no money. I can't afford it. Let me tell you something. You are never broke. The universe is abundant. You may be temporarily out of cash, but you are never broke. Don't hang out with people who are stuck and can't do, don't know how to do, don't want to do, don't hang out with confused people. Listen, confusion, you know, is like a virus. Jumps off on people, gets caught up in your clothes. You can start out real clear. You get around some confused people, and before you know it, you don't know what you're doing. Don't hang out with people who are confused, in lack, negative, because those are the folk who are going to take you off your purpose. Let me tell you something. Some of my best friends were in places I didn't want to be. And even more difficult, the majority of my family was in a place I did not want to be. Understand that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Some people are in your life just to show you, teach you, give you, share with you. There's a reason for them being there. And when that reason is fulfilled, when you learn the lesson, when you get the blessing, when they learn the lesson, when they get the blessing, it's time for you to part. There are people who will be in your life for a season. A season can be a day, a week, a month. We find this very often in our relationships. You be in love for a season. But when the trees start turning colors and they're gone, the season is over. And there's nothing you can do and if you hold on to that person, you hold yourself back. The season is over. There's nothing we can do in October to make it 80 degrees. Then there are people who are in your life for a lifetime. Parents, siblings, 
children. And very often, these people are in places we don't want to be. But we don't know how to leave. We don't know how to get up and go. Because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want people to be mad at us. And then there's the old line about the responsibility to my community, to my peoples. I got to stick by my peoples. The first people you have to stick by is you, is yourself. Be good to you. Be honest to you. You know, folk will talk about you getting big, getting uppity. How would they know they ain't never been up there? What they know, they know what uppity look like. But it sends you right into guilt and keeps you frozen right where you are. Yes, I'm getting uppity. And the minute you get up, you can come up here with me. Don't be afraid to leave. Change. Change. Change is an inside job. It begins on the inside of you. And as you learn and grow and expand your consciousness, you will begin to change. And the stuff you used to be comfortable with, you're not going to be comfortable with it anymore. Don't hold yourself back. Allow yourself to grow, to flourish, to move beyond the places you've been stuck in, to move beyond the people you've been stuck with. I had to leave my mama and my brother. Very, there are times when you have to leave friends and loved ones. Know that. If the person is in your life for a lifetime, they will rise to your level. They will rise with you. They will rise in spite of you. And all you have to do is stay on your path, be on your purpose, be clear, be focused, be willing to change. And don't allow fear to keep you stuck where you don't want to be. Most of us are in situations and places we don't want to be because we're afraid. We're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of success. Many of us are afraid of success because when you get successful, you got to be responsible. Not only for yourself, but for other people and to other people. You have to start asking questions. And because we, as people of color, have been taught from birth that we're not right, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we can't do it right, we don't do it right, when we face success, we go into fear. Fear that somebody's going to find out I'm not good. Fear that somebody's going to find out I'm really stupid. Listen, if they don't already know that you're stupid, then you're smarter than they are anyway. Take the chance. Step out there and do it. The music is in you. The dreams are in you. And the universe is waiting for what you have to do. But see, then we get caught up in competition. Oh, I can't do it because they're doing it. They stole my idea. Look at that. I just thought about that yesterday. And they're doing it now. Nobody is going to do what you have to do the way you have to do. That's why we have more than one brand of potato chip, more than one chocolate chip cookie. You know, some people really like Lay's and other people can't get off a of wise. What you have to do, you have to do it. Your blessings have your name on it. And success is not one size fits all. Everybody's not going to get on the same train in the same way. 
but the world is waiting for what you have to do. And as Patricia Russell McLeod, I mean, if she never asked a question, she asked it when she said, if not you, who? And if not now, when are you going to do it? So how is it that we can garner up the strength, the courage, whatever it is that we need to get on purpose, to make this contribution to the world, to show our education? You see, people say education is power. I don't believe that. Education is not power. Knowing what to do with the education, that's power. Because you got a lot of educated fools, you know, who's still trying to figure out what to do. So what is it that we need to do in this day and age, in this 1994, to be able to get on purpose, to move beyond the difficulties, the traumas, the challenges that we face, as people of color, as women, as black men, whatever, whatever the challenge and the obstacle is. And what I found for myself as a 30-year-old woman on public assistance in Medgar Evers College in 1979, what I had to do for myself was put on my spiritual armor. Had to put on my spiritual armor. You see, I came to understand that a PhD would not help me if I didn't have a GOD. You know, my grandmother, her favorite scripture, she used to read to me out the Bible, said, you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Powers and principalities. Many of them dark powers, dark spirits, that come to take you off your path. Now don't get hysterical. I'm not talking about black magic and voodoo or whatever you might want to call it. I'm talking about energies, forces that come to take your mind off course. You know, I thought it was just me getting old. I'd go upstairs, get to the top of the stairs, and forget what I went upstairs for. Or go into one room and can't remember what I went in there to get. I said, this them powers and principalities taking me off course again. <laughs> Spirits, energy, life force, thoughts, ideas. They're on the television every single day, telling you how hard it is out here, how difficult it is out here, how bad it is out here. Yet they found $6 billion to have an inauguration party. They haven't done anything to cut the space program. And let you do something wrong, they find some money to lock your butt up. But it's so hard. It's so difficult, powers and principalities, mind wars, mind games, telling us for years you spell cheese, K-R-A-F-T. No, you don't. <laughs> powers and principalities that come and make you believe that what is isn't and what isn't is. You cannot survive in this world, in this day, in this time, unless you have on your spiritual armor. You got to have it on each day so that when the powers and the principalities, some of them are your best friend. You know, you ever get up feeling good in the morning, you be getting dressed and dressing the kids and things are going right, and somebody call you on the phone, one of your girlfriends, boyfriends, next door neighbor, one of them long lost cousins that think you got some money. 
call you up. And in the middle of your joy, they will say, girl, you just don't know. I just feel bad. Girl, I'm just tired, 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 tired. I can't take it no more. Seven minutes later, you are in total depression about stuff that ain't even yours. OPP, other people's problems, other people's principles, other people's priorities. And you got up feeling good. It's a power and a principality. You've got to guard your mind. You've got to guard your mind. Not only is the mind a terrible thing to waste, it's a terrible thing to keep idle. Because as your mind is idle, thought waves are always going out into the universe. And you never know which one you're going to pick up. You've got to constantly fill your mind with good thoughts, with good energy, so that you're not swept away by the dark powers and the dark principalities. I'm telling you, they are out here every day. You can get up feeling good and somebody will tell you something or you'll read something or you'll hear something that'll send you directly in the fear. Just like when the woman said they was gonna put us on our knees and shoot us like cows. Well, <laughs> I'm out of here. Fill your mind with something that's gonna motivate you. Put on your spiritual armor. So I wanna share with you what I found to be the most fortifying spiritual armor. The first one is breath. You have to learn how to breathe. Most of us don't know how to breathe, you know. It's something that we take for granted. We don't understand that inhaling and exhaling is the creator's grace. Because you can exhale and don't inhale, and you're out of here. But we're not conscious of the breath. We don't understand that to breathe pulls down the universal power and fortifies every single element of your being. So we breathe from our nose to our chest and we get excited and what's the first thing we do? <gasps> we stop breathing. We've got to learn how to breathe from the center of our being and pull the air up. And be sure that in the times of stress and in the times of difficulty that you're breathing deep. Because when you're breathing deep, you're pulling up the power. We've got to learn how to pull the power up as opposed to being pulled down by the powers. <sighs> Did you know that Ah was the Sanskrit name for God? Blessings and greetings. I am Yamla Van Sant. Your history is more than just a story about where you've been. It is an indication of just how far you can go. At Medgar Evers College, we have a powerful history of a powerful man that has given us a tradition of excellence which we can take into the future. If you've been thinking about going back to school or just want to investigate the possibilities for the future, I invite you to come to Medgar Evers College, where the excellent faculty and the dedicated and committed staff and the student commitment to excellence are the tools that will help you build a better future. Come to Medgar Evers. When you say, ah, as in, amen, ra. Breathe so that you can pull the power into your life. So when people get on your nerves, don't read them. 
tell them off, just breathe on them. Just breathe on them. Just call the power in on them. Don't get yourself upset with folks. When they come with their story, with their line, with their information, with their complaints, with their whining, just breathe on them and let them know that you've got the power. You see, breath is our grace. As long as we are breathing, we are in the Creator's grace. And we've got the opportunity every moment to do it again. Let me tell you something. Singing is a spiritual weapon that you can use against powers and principalities. You gotta learn how to sing. Sing your song and sing it loud because the music is in you. You know, when things look bad and when you're feeling bad, you know, you gotta remember that song. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. But mama said there'll be days like this. So why should I feel discouraged? Because I am an amazing grace. I am every woman inside of me. And there ain't no stopping us now. I will survive. If you feel froggish, leap, cause you got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> sing your song. When folks come up in your face, just sing on them. Mm -hmm. Every dog got his day. <laughs> Mmm, I got something for you. You gotta remember, just do the right thing. Just breathe on them, and if that don't work, start singing. Let me tell you, prayer is a spiritual weapon. Some of us don't pray. We think that we're not doing it right. We think that God doesn't hear us. We think that we're not holy enough, religious enough. But what we have not been taught is that we are divine expressions of God. God lives in you, not outside of you. And as a result, every thought you think, every word you speak, everything you do is a prayer. Because you're breathing and you're in God's grace. We have to learn how to pray. Prayer can get into places you can't get into. Prayer can change situations that you don't understand. And it's not about a structured, uh, recorded, uh, monitored prayer. Okay, God, this is it. This is a problem and you need to take care of it right now. Thank you, amen. Pray every day. Mothers, pray on them children. You see, because they're God's children first. And you are not always going to be there. See, God couldn't be everywhere all the time, so he made mothers. But when there's a place that the mother can't be, then you've got to send God there. Pray on these young boys in the street. Don't clutch your purse to your bosom when you pass an African-American male. Pray for him. Pray for him. Wives, pray for your husband. Stop fussing. Stop nagging. Stop whining. 
Stop complaining and start praying. You know, my children and my mate, they say, oh, Lord, please don't pray. Because they know when I start praying, something's going to happen. And it usually happens on them and to them and for me. We got to learn how to pray the way our grandmothers used to pray. That old time prayer, any time, any place, in the car, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, in the bedroom. Sometimes you got to pray in the bedroom. And when you pray, be specific. Don't ask for money. You find a nickel, you got money. Ask for an amount and state the form in which it should come. Don't ask for a car, ask for divine transportation. State the color and the make and the model. I'm telling you, prayer works. You know, and, and you gotta pray however it's comfortable for you. See, sometimes I get busy, and I'm a writer, so sometimes I can't always just sit down and pray. So I've taken the writing God letters. Dear God, it's me again. I know I said I wasn't going to bother you, but I'm back. Dear God, I know that I told you and all my girlfriends that I didn't want no man. <laughs> but it was a lie, God. And I'm confessing. <laughs> you see, it's not that I didn't want a man, it's just that I didn't want the kind that I've been picking. <laughs> so God, I want you to pick me one. Because if you can work with him, I know he can't be half bad. <laughs> and God, just, just so that there's no mistake, let's be specific here. Let him be between 38 and 43. <laughs> About 6'10", or 5'10". And God, you know I'm really fond of buns and legs. Be sure that he is bountifully blessed in both of these areas, Lord. God, send me a man who is well on his way to being that which he aspires to be. Do not send me one who is hoping, wishing, struggling, or trying. God, send me a man who has a teeny, weeny, 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 little ego. One who don't have nothing to prove to nobody. One who knows you, God, and has you in the center of his life. Whatever you call, whatever he calls you. And God, send him to me on a day when I don't look so good so I don't have to keep up any false pretenses. <laughs> now, they say, God, anything ye ask, believing, ye shall receive it. It shall be yours. So I'm going to run right down the Victoria's Secret, pick up a little something, and then I'm going to come back here and wait for the answer to my prayer. Thank you, God. P.S. I am very fond of chocolate. <laughs> Be specific. Ask for what you want. Because if you come through life, and if you go in prayer with a thimble, you can only get a thimble full. Never lose sight of the mountaintop. And when you pray, pray to the mountaintop. Don't ask 
for the contingent need in the now. Pray for the consistent flow in the forever. Because whatsoever you ask, believing, you shall have it. It shall be yours. Prayer is a spiritual weapon. Let me tell you something. Dancing is a spiritual weapon. You know, you just got to get them juices flowing every now and then. See, the Africans knew that the most potent healing power of a woman was lodged right between her hips. The womb. It is the seat of life. It is a source of healing. So when the hips of an African woman are moving in the rhythm of dance, there's some healing going on. And the bigger the hips, the greater the healing. <laughs> so we gotta learn how to dance, ladies. Dance to our own music, in our own way, to our own tune. And you know, when the brothers come home and they in trouble, and you put that hand on that hip, they get to moving real fast. Cause they know you about to heal them in some way. <laughs> so we need to move to our own rhythm and dance. Dancing is a spiritual weapon. When you're feeling low down and bad, get up and dance. Get up and sing. Let me tell you something. Laughter is a spiritual weapon. You have to learn how to laugh in the hard times. You have to learn how to laugh when things aren't going your way. You got to learn how to say, oh, I, I can hardly wait to see the good that's going to come out of this. <laughs> huh, I, I can't wait till you get your body out my life. We got to learn how to laugh because it raises our vibrations. And the only way that we can learn how to laugh is to learn how to be grateful. Grief, gratitude is a spiritual weapon. Thank you. You see, when the praise goes up, the blessings come down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that I've got two eyes this morning. Thank you that I've got two arms, two legs, two hands. Thank you that I don't know, have to worry about my kidneys functioning. They know what to do without my help. Thank you that my heart is beating. Thank you that there's veins moving the blood through my body. Thank you that I can hear. Thank you I've got fingers and toes and arms. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that while I'm out, my house is protected. Thank you that when I can't see, my children are protected. Thank you for the protection from seen and unseen dangers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, you can say thank you so much that the universe will give you stuff just to shut you up. <laughs> just be grateful for every little thing. You know, millions didn't make it. Do you know that? Millions didn't make it through traumatic childhoods, through poverty, through issues, through drug addiction, through abuses, through emotional distress, through illnesses. Millions didn't make it, and you did. Be grateful. Be grateful. Let me tell you something. Silence is a spiritual weapon. Silence is power. We talk too much. We tell everything. Because we don't understand that 
Ideas are the children of your mind. And your mind is like a womb, and it has to nurture those ideas. And when you have an idea, and you silently hold it within you, it grows. You nurture it with good thoughts. You nurture it with positive information, with positive energy. And every time you open your mouth to tell somebody what you're thinking and what you're doing, you abort a divine idea. Silence. Did you hear the sun come out? Have you ever heard the sun come out? Never. And the sun nurtures every living thing in the universe. Did you hear the moon? And the moon controls the tides of life, the flow of blood in your body is directed by the course of the moon. You never hear the sperm fuse with the egg to create life. Silence. Because in the silence, you can hear yourself. You can monitor your thoughts. You can hear the divine inspiration as it's given to you. Because it's always given to you. The thought will come. But because we have been taught not to trust ourselves, we don't trust the thoughts. So we start talking. We want confirmation from other people. We want support from Learn how to be silent. Take your quiet time every day to check in on you, to hear what is going on in you. You can call it meditation. You can call it reflection. You can call it whatever. But just be still and know that there is a divine power and a divine presence. Let me tell you something. Love is your spiritual armor. Love is spiritual armor. And you have to learn how to love you first, because nobody does it better. You've got to learn how to love yourself enough not to allow yourself to be in toxic situations and unproductive conditions. You've got to love yourself enough to know when to say bye, to have the courage to say bye, to have the courage to say enough is enough, I'm out of here. You've got to love yourself enough not to depend on anybody else to make you happy. You've got to love yourself enough to know that there is nothing too good for you. There is nothing that you can't have. You gotta love yourself enough to wake up in the morning and look down at you and say, baby, anything you think you want, I'm gonna get it for you. Love yourself every day. Love yourself enough to know that your highest goal is only a minute representation of what you're capable of. Know your, love yourself enough to trust yourself, 
to take care of yourself, to eat right, to live right, to speak right, to think right, to do right, right action and right reaction. Give up the need to be right and love yourself. So many of us want to be right. We do detrimental things to ourselves to prove a point. To prove a point. But when you give up the need to be right and just love yourself exactly where you are, who you are, for what you have, if you can give yourself love like that, everybody coming into your life has to live up to your standards. See, most of us ain't loved by people because we ain't got no standards. Anything come in, look like love, smell like love, sound like love, we just let it in. But when you have standards for loving yourself, everybody has to live up to that. You see, if you don't buy yourself no cubic zirconiums, nobody else can buy you no cubic zirconiums. If you can't buy Lauren Smell-Alike, if you don't buy it for you, was opium yesterday, is something else now, if you don't treat yourself like that, nobody coming into your life will treat you like that. People come into our lives and mirror our image of ourselves. So if there's anybody living in your life that's not treating you good, ask yourself, what part of me are they? Love yourself. Love yourself. Get your rest. Eat well. Take your quiet time. Pray. Breathe sing, dance, and always expect the best from you and then exceed your own expectations. Exceed your own expectations. I wanted a college degree and I ended up with a law degree and three credits away from a PhD. Set your sights high and exceed them. And you can do that when you've got on your spiritual armor when you're praying every day, when you have faith in yourself, when you trust yourself, when you honor yourself, when you love yourself, when you keep your word to you. So many of us let ourselves down. We say, oh, I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna call him no more. I ain't gonna call her no more. Then we call and we say, I just called to say I love you. <laughs> if you make an agreement with you, keep it. And if you're not going to keep your agreement, renegotiate it. Say, well, I know I said I wasn't going to call, but I meant only on Tuesdays if the moon was full. <laughs> Honor your agreements so that you will begin to trust yourself. If you break your agreements with you when you need you, you won't be there because you know you can't be trusted. Take care of yourself because you are a divine expression of a magnificent creator. You are one of the king's kids here to inherit the kingdom. It is your purpose to have goodness and joy and prosperity and abundance and love in your life. And it must begin with you. Nobody can give it to you. Nobody can walk this journey for you. Nobody can learn your lessons and nobody can get your blessings. Take care of yourself from the inside out. We can do this. I know that they tell us it looks bad, 
But we can do this. We can change these communities. We can save these children. We can build these institutions. You are sitting in an institution, in an auditorium that was built by people who said, we can do this. Affirm yourself every day. When somebody says, how are you? Don't say, oh, I'm okay, but I got a few problems. No. Stop telling your people the problem, your problems to people. 80% of the people don't care, and the other 20% can't help you. When people say, how you doing, say, I'm great. I'm doing wonderful. I'm blessed. I'm greater than good. How are you, my dear? Affirm yourself every day. We can do this. We can make the difference individually and collectively. You, the world is waiting for your contributions, not just in Brooklyn, not just in Medgar Evers, but around the world. And when you stand on the traditions of our ancestors, of our people, you have to say, we can do this. The same genetic genius that flowed through the bodies of those who built the pyramids is in you. We can do this. The same strength and fortitude that allowed our ancestors to survive the ship and the block and the whip and the dogs it's in you. It moves up and down your spine, and there's nothing you have to do to activate it. We can do this. The same energy that created the first of everything in this world, it's in your bloodstream moving right now. We have not been brought this far to be left. We can do this. I know we can do it, because I know that the finger of God would never point where the hand of God would not make a way. We can do it. Blessings and greetings. I am Yamla Van Sant. Your history is more than just a story about where you've been. It is an indication of just how far you can go. At Medgar Evers College, we have a powerful history of a powerful man that has given us a tradition of excellence which we can take into the future. If you've been thinking about going back to school or just want to investigate the possibilities for the future, I invite you to come to Medgar Evers College, where the excellent faculty and the dedicated and committed staff and the student commitment to excellence are the tools that will help you build a better future. Come to Medgar Evers. Next week on Education and Perspectives, we will be featuring Mr. Mark Mealy, International Economist and Foreign Policy Advisor to the U.S. Congress, and Ms. Yoko Suzuki, Alto Saxophonist from Japan. Please join us next week on Education and Perspectives. <laughs>